Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Forgive me for running off the fine and the one thing I have to do This turned out really good, actually, for for the level of professionalism that yeah, it we looks, were working. I always thought that looked really good. I had I, w- I wanted to bring I had stuff in storage, but I have all these photos from like one of that tour. We remember when we played Minneapolis and we yeah, switched off sets. I was thinking that this is either from the warehouse or this is from that show. Although am I from the Minneapolis I'm show. Wearing, I'm wearing a fucked up weird shirt in this. I don't know. That was the worst idea we ever had. It was like once no, you play that was the dude, best. It was horrible. It was it was, it was, it was beautifully I, horrible. Talk about bringing a show to a screeching halt. <laughs> Why everyone decided was like, we decided to do that because there was like no one there, or yeah, because or because I don't like it just seemed like hey let's do this okay shut no just to make the set, the set to be shorter for everyone. You play two songs, we'll play two songs. Yeah, and we'll go until we're sick of it, <laughs> or, or everyone leaves. I think probably the latter happened. I thought it'd be really cool for. You guys to hang out. I know that you wanted to mention something to Eric that he said about you. What did I? What did I say about you? Was it the thing about? Was it the hair? You know what? You had long hair. When I, I did. I actually, I did have you long hair very when you first. Sexy too. When you first met me, I did have long hair because that was before. That was at the beginning of the summer when you guys were touring. That and came sh- through and came through and played that fucking horrible party garden spot that was like this labyrinth and weird and Don it was Don's ex girlfriend, you guys, and probably Don's ex girlfriend and probably yeah from Florida the yeah. Radondies and like probably three other bands on tour. <laughs> I might have like I could have too like in stories I also one of those people like oh his hair looked like Crystal Gale like might have like overdone it but. You look like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> no, but I always, no, 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 but no, I always no. like because I always think about that too. Because knowing you now, it's like I, 
just was such a like different person like from when we moved tour together later but yeah. not like you know just visually but <laughs> I was like when somebody comes up to you with long hair it's like you're so different yeah well like when someone comes up to you with long hair it's like do you want to do a split with our band and all right, I could go either way with that. But yeah, but when no one's—you you were the first band to ever ask us, so or I was like, huh. sure. Like, I was flattered than anyone because at that point we were flattered when anyone would say anything nice to us. Yeah. When so did you like, meet, though? Was it a random show? Uh, it was then. Yeah, it was. was uh, Christy Front Drive. Very sweet that evening. Christy Front Drive sent. Um, well, we we well, you really for, you were very forgiving too because like we me and a buddy of mine decided we would. You know, become promoters simply by listing ourselves in uh, Maximum Rock and Roll's Book Your Own Fucking Life, <laughs> which is the way we booked that whole tour, basically. Yeah, so they sent us copies of the the first the first record and said, "Hey, man, we need help with a gig in in Arizona." You know, we're like, "Oh, fuck, this is awesome!" So, okay. And then I don't know if Joel was talking to you guys or what, but I met you. At the I show. talked to Joel first, I think. Yeah. Joel's definitely more hands-on in that, and I, I met him at the show. But you heard the music first, and then... Well, we were yeah. lucky enough where we had a label that pressed a bunch of 12 inches for us, so we just... Back then, we actually would send LPs to people we wanted shows from. Yeah, which that is went nuts a long way. Think back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're getting an LP was like... That's that was huge. Of, yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, yeah. dude, awesome. And it, was, and it was good, too. So I think like, I sent him a bunch, because he's like, I'll put a bunch of stinkweeds or something. And yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll send you like 10. But we had the, you know, it was nice to have that, you know, to have an actual Peterson people because it made yeah. a big difference. You know? Yeah. You know, it was cool. You could kind of get, that was sort of like the uh, share this link with 10 friends equivalent back then. Here, <laughs> here, here I'm going to mail you five copies of our 10-inch, or our, our record, Cool, dude. I'll I'll put that in the record shop and I'll, <laughs> on consignment here. Yeah. And but but the money what, you never saw. What would happen? <laughs> is, what would happen is you probably you just end up playing it for your friends and they'd be oh cool I want one. Like the the whole um, the whole like poof I am a distro guy yeah. craze that was going on for a while. Where you just buy five or six copies of something and then sell them at shows or more of a yeah yeah like people would I never I never really understood that but I mean I guess it's sort of like um, they buy them wholesale yeah sort of like um, uh, you know because you couldn't I mean that's it wasn't everywhere yeah you just had to like kind of grab one and and when if you if you saw a band and you liked it or you heard a band. Um, in a record store, chances are, like that that record was pretty fucking limited, so you'd have to grab it right then. And like, uh, you know, I had a buddy who would who would do that, you know, buy you know a bunch of copies from a band on tour, just so he could like kind of be, um, you know, a micro distributor for it. And like mm-hmm. they, those people would like post up at shows and you know. Sometimes it would be annoying because you'd be trying to sell your merch, or your re- you'd be trying to sell your record because you're on tour, because that's the only way you're going to be able to get to the next town. And there's like this little line of twenty other dudes selling like making raking in money selling their like avail patches. That was it's funny you brought up avail because we played in one time we played in Phoenix and we opened up for avail and like like avail's not even playing we, tonight and we're. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that, uh, yeah but, uh, so we played with the bell, and like we had like they had 
the, the most amount of merchandise I've ever seen in my life. And like they're like, here, you can take this like and one foot, one foot corner at the end of the thing. So, but there was literally a line of kids like they were in a shopping mall walking down the line of like they were like, oh, this is this and like I don't know, they might have been. I could. It might have been that. like the old glory, old glory records is what used to do that. He might have been with them, so he was like doing everything old glory records and we're like we could not. Like, we're, like, trying to fit our shit on the end of the table, like, just barely, you know? But we ended up selling more shit that night, almost in, I mean, God, I mean, any tour we did. Because those kids are, like, they were, like, they went there to shop. Because they're, like, those distros. That was the Sometimes place to get I, it. Yeah, there's the only way you can get all that crap. But I also, I remember that night, too, that they had that Brody Bobo. Yeah. That guy. He, uh... I got in his way and he pushed me while I was holding a Marshall. <laughs> I was trying to get my Marshall up on stage and I got in his way and he shoved me. <laughs> like really hard and I was like, I'm going to leave this guy alone. He looks kind of crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to let, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a fighter. <laughs> but, you know, especially this guy. This yeah. guy probably ripped my ears off. Looks, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with Bobo. That's funny, dude. I, Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are they still? Are they still doing something now? Someone knows. One of my Tim, friends was saying they're friends with the drummer or something. Here. I don't know. I think Tim's still doing stuff. Yeah. They were really good live. I remember that. They oh were, yeah, they tore it up that day. They were really great. But just, oh, sorry. I was gonna say from that that first time, that first show. Like, was it like, all right, we'll do a seven inch, and then yeah, we, I think or, Joel and yeah. you and Joel were like, hey, we'll do a split seven inch. And then I remember sitting in, and I. Excuse me for not remembering his name. Who's, who's how this apartment? The oh, guy used uh, to go on. Um, I loved that guy. He was one of my favorite people. What Tim? Tim, the one yeah. who used to go on. Uh, oh, the talk shows. Yeah, the talk shows and makeup stories. Yeah, yeah. But we sat in that that apartment and we hand did all of those seven inches. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. The, I remember the, the the seven inch making party. It wasn't that much fun, but <laughs> I remember thinking like, chops. This is like, this is way too much work actually. And we 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 actually came up with a plan on the spot. Because we're like, I remember going to a store and being like, we okay. should buy those little gold stars, and uh, we should do something. And I remember getting markers and like, yeah, rulers. Here's so a basic. Stupid. Here's a basic design. We can. Uh, and we the stamp. Yeah, the stamp. Man, that wasn't fun. But I mean, it was fun hanging out, but it wasn't fun making an actual sandwich. So. <laughs> I was like, this is too much work. Actually, how many do you win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is stupid. What a bad idea. We pay people. Oh to do man, this. yeah. But from that, was it like, wow, this is, like, was it different stuff for you, Jim, that you had heard, or, or you know, it was like, this is something different? The Christie Front Drive stuff? Yeah. Were you listening to stuff at that, around that? Uh, you know, uh, we were always listening to, like, lots of different things. I mean, it was definitely more skewed toward the, the more punk things that were happening around us. But it was always pretty varied. There was a really good scene in Arizona at that time, too. There were so many bands... And like people, yeah. like there was a really fun atmosphere in Phoenix at that time. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there a long time, but I just remember all those bands like Anderson and like all those like. It was oh so yeah, many, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of different bands happening. We could always, I think we played with them all at some point. Yeah. I just think like people ask me like, how does how did anything happen back then? You know, because everything's so instant. So yeah. it was like, was it? All right, let's do the seven inch. Maybe we'll play down the line, or let's keep in touch. Or you know, it's weird. Like, yeah, I mean, you're just thinking about that kind of. Just, I mean, we texted what three times, and it's like, well, you that's think like, more yeah, you, effort. you think like, you think that, you think that because things are so easy now that it'd be impossible to get by without it. 
Not impossible, but, but it took longer. It did take longer, but we got stuff done. Like, we got phone. a lot of stuff done. We'd actually call people rather than texting them, you know? Like, yeah. Or I, I remember sending a lot of letters, like having a lot of letter back and forth yeah. to people, which is weird. Like, you have to wait like a week to hear back from yeah. someone. Like, but, you had, but you had a lot of fires in the oven at the same fire yeah. station. You had a lot of fires in the oven. Yeah. You had a lot of things going on. You had a lot of like things sent out at once, and then you know they'd yeah, come they'd back come and back you'd handle times. them as they as they as they came in. But it, I mean, it seems like we were always either. I mean, I, maybe I just remember it this way, but it seems like we were always running into each other. If we weren't doing shows together, we were always running into each other, yeah. like either on the road or in each other's like home base area. Yeah. Those would always help each other out with. When, you know, if we were around each other's areas, like we knew that we were taken care of, and yeah. like we went to Phoenix, we knew we were taken care of. If you came to Denver, we, we had you. Yeah. And then anything else, like if we knew friends, like because back then you'd also know people in other towns. You'd be like, hey, why don't you get a hold of this kid, like in South Dakota? Yeah. We'll do a show for you, and like and that was a. Uh, it was so much community back then. It was, it seemed deep. I'm not sure. I'm sure it happens now, but I feel like it's more of like these hardcore punk bands now. But I'm. Because I feel like there's all these bands like Florida that send around tapes, you know, like cassettes now and stuff. And I think they have, they're kind of doing the same thing we did back then. Um, but you know, and it, it's just funny. It's just kind of weird to think back in that time when there was no internet. You know, like we didn't do anything. That you know, it was like it was everything. Yeah. It was like it's kind of I've actually just the first time that's dawned on me actually. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I forgot there was, I didn't have a computer at home, I was just like, how you, sitting. yeah, oh, totally, man. It is, it is, it is, it is different now, I think people expect, maybe a lot more, yeah, out of it, because, it, because so many, well, now there's fucking five million bands, it's like, back then, I don't, I feel like the, you know, you could be going on, t- you would be on tour, but there wasn't like, eight million bands on tour, like, at the same time, and now it's like, there's so many bands now. I feel like there's a don't you do you, do you feel like there's more bands around? Is now? there like, is there more bands? Are there more bands? Or just because you hear about them more? Or yeah, I don't know. Were there more bands then? We just didn't know about it yeah. at all. I mean, think about it. Like yeah. okay, so I wonder. Like what? I mean, you probably knew about the people that you had probably you had some sort of connection with people that were happening in like the suburbs or Boulder, but you didn't. Or, but you might not, or, or maybe across town. But how many more things weren't on your radar just because you didn't have like the once removed friend that knew them, or maybe the music was slightly different, or they were know, on a metal, label. yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, promoted, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I mean, growing up, I only knew about like Motley Crue and you know, like anything like that. You know? It took a it, maximum rock and roll was the first thing that actually opened my eyes to like yeah. underground music. The first time I because. I had a cousin that was really into Minor Threat, and I remember him giving me that tape. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what is this?" And then uh, I saw a picture of Ian McKay and uh, Max Rock and Roll. I was like, "I'll buy this." And I sort of there were so many bands that I got opened up to from Max Rock and Roll, like Naked Raygun, and just like bands like that. Who's Do even? I didn't know Who's Do existed before like Max Rock and Roll. You know? We got a lot of. Um, uh, we had a. I mean, we we. We benefited greatly from from getting a positive review in, in Maximum Rock and Roll. You guys got a positive review. I never. Yeah, got our first that. our first seven inch. They would never touch us. 
for some reason. Really? Yeah, they would never. Maybe because his heart attack latched onto you guys super yeah. quick. They thought that, oh, that's their thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like uh, competing. Uh, yeah, we would like logs. the heart attack sweet for a yeah, now, so, we never got to Metro, but did things turn around for you after the Maximark and all that? Well, it went from zero to ten. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize Maximark did that. Like out of a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the scale that I'm That's actually cool, quantified that. Yeah. I didn't realize that, actually. I, I don't think I realized you guys got a review in there. That's, it was a big deal to get reviewed in there. Didn't oh, I? yeah. When you saw your name in Maximark, you're like, holy shit, we made it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It was huge. It was a huge yeah. deal. We're still buddies with the guy who, who wrote the review. Oh, really? What was his name? I Ray Luan. That sounds familiar. I feel like I knew all those reviewers at one point. Because I always latched on to the ones that like bands I liked. Because back then, even like Green Day was underground. I was like, that guy's like Green Day. And probably like anything else he liked. Yeah, there was or a real... You knew that. Like, yeah, yeah, you knew that about them. Like, there, each reviewer... It was different because like you you knew that... It, I mean, the whole... The magazine didn't necessarily have... A, a lean but you knew about each the columnists and the reviewers themselves like this guy likes this so that can inform me on this review well you know even if it's a trash re- a trash review it's like well he hated this other record so obviously you yeah. know that's there you go you followed that stuff yeah probably too much because there was stuff on that, that I saw trash that I ended up liking a lot like later I was like oh this wasn't as bad as he was but it just depended like now it's like really hardcore like I've seen some recent episodes like uh, episodes uh, issues and they've really gone the other direction I think they cut they had like at one point where they had a line like we're not doing anything that's not like they almost did the Paul Kane thing like it's like nothing that's like has anything to do with anything corporate or yeah but I could be wrong about that but that's It's tough, man. Like, what's what's? How do you feel? Like, what? Like, right now? Like, I'm actually curious. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna. I'm gonna interview him right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm actually interested. In, like, what, like with the whole Jimmy Eat thing. Like now, like in this in this day and age, like where everything is fucking single singles, no albums. Is it more difficult? Like for like you guys now? Do you think, or do you guys have you always just kind of kept on a? I've always wondered, like. How things are for you guys because you have a whole new you've seen a couple different climates of like yeah. music and like what is it like is it odd now because of what's going on with like no, the Taylor Swift thing it's and like, all odd man yeah it's just now there's but, no like I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore when I like, turn on the radio like I have no idea what's going on anymore yeah no I mean the the terrestrial radio is it's a no man's land Really now, I like mean, YouTube's a big part of it now. Like a lot of those new like singles and stuff, like the Macamore and all that shit. Like it's all like from YouTube views, which is weird. You know, like they're actually like Billboard is actually like bringing in YouTube views to like where you are. In the oh, show. really? Yeah. Which is odd. Like that's there was yeah, a new thing just recently. One. Yeah, like they'll if you have so many. That's one of the reasons that Psy Korean guy like uh, like because he has like fifty million views on his videos. So like. It, came into the it's just such a weird atmosphere right now yeah no I didn't think about that but you guys are a little more like up in the industry so like is it like do you feel it at all up there like there's a certain amount of it that I try to just completely tune out because I don't find it helpful yeah I mean it's 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 
the parts of it that that um, I mean, and it changes so fast too, yeah. or it seems like it has been. Yeah, I, know. I just try to I try to stay up on what's what's helpful for me, but um, that's really just like on a personal level, you know. I mean, it, it, it what's helpful for me is to understand like uh, you know, maybe the basic working knowledge of it, but not like the the meta picture. Well, you guys are kind of lucky where you, I think you guys got big before that shit happened. Yeah. Or like, and you have, like, I think you guys have a fan base that kind of is very loyal to you through it. And like, I think you, you're much luckier than the fans. In that oh, way. yeah. Like, oh, you know, for like, sure. Because you got that going. And like, people are so um, loyal to you guys. You know, like, no matter what happens. And like, that happened before. So it's like, you kind of, I think you guys got a free pass to this bullshit that's going on now in a way. Like, it's very nice. Because you can still yeah. go play Central Park right now. When other bands are like, you know, trying to open up for Justin Timberlake or James, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. nice, you know? No, it's, 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 we're super, I mean, we're, we're totally grateful for it. And, you know, we, we, it, it was a pretty insane, lucky break <laughs> that things happened when they did. Um, yeah, I, I always felt like right before Bleed American, you were kind of losing hope. I remember having really? a conversation with you. And you called me once and was like, I'm not sure what's going on. I remember, I remember I was living in Chinatown, you called me, and I was right when I started doing Antarctica, and you were like, eh. Oh, right, yeah. And you're like, I'm not sure what to do. Like, this is getting difficult. Like, maybe I should start something. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I did this, it didn't really work out for me. But, um,. I'm glad I didn't give you advice to because <laughs> it worked out perfectly for you. Know, like it's like no, no, get out. Yeah, well, I think like it, it's. But there was a tough time. Though, right before I feel like that, I don't know because I don't know the whole story because I only heard from Paul Drake. Like before the bleed American thing, you guys had to like do everything yourself for a while and like kind of. But you guys paid your dues during that time period, like pulled yourself by the bootstraps and like got your shit together and like somehow like then you got in the label and everything turned around. That was a very yeah, we were important lucky. time for you guys. Really. Yeah, like, yeah, we were super lucky that... Um, capital could fuck you, you know, like... You know, uh, you did know, you I, say, am I wrong In hindsight, I can say that we didn't really get screwed by capital. It was the fact that we had no business being on a major label in the yeah. first place. I, I still mean, think Sacra Bells is a strong record. I mean, they, I think... They, I mean, they know... Especially, I mean, things are so different now, but I mean, back then it was like, it, labels... They knew what to do with a band that sold that sold like, you know, tens of thousands of records. They could drop the hammer with that and you know push it, and they knew what to do. They had no idea what to do with a band that had only sold like a combined total between four releases, like three thousand copies. They had no idea what to do with us. But you know, and it wasn't necessarily happened though. They were looking for every every opportunity to. On that, you know? oh sure, that opened up everything. I think every band that time period was approached by a major label at one point. Like after Nirvana, that changed everything. Yeah, every every A and R person was kind of like just fishing, fishing yeah. hardcore to make their name and and you know find some crazy uh, where these guys come from explosion band. Yeah, but then you had the opportunity for you know the time and the money to do. Clarity. What yeah. was that done? You guys, or was that? Well, no, that was capital. Last, yeah, that was a yeah. capital, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just approached that like, well, we, we might never end up working in a studio again, so let's rent timpani today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you were like, uh, even in Stack Rebels, you were just flying me out for like five seconds of vocals. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're like, they were just yeah. they're kind of playing and. Because how, I mean, how much of the, do I sing on that record? It's like a total of like 10 seconds. And like you fly. Right. It, it was awesome, though, you know? Like, I, I oh, sure. Playing, ba- I remember playing basketball with Tom all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember from that. Yeah. Because there's that basketball court by Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is great. I was like, this is nice to be in California. And you and I worked out that vocal part. Like I remember sitting in the studio, we, we spent like two minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because uh, yeah, sure. I was like, I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. We. Yeah. <laughs> I had this one idea. But <laughs> I know. We just kind of expanded it. It's funny. Who's the guy that was producing that right here? That was Trombino. No. No. Oh, West. West. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He was the one. He like he really got that. He kind of just started jumping on me. He was like. Came out all this way, you know. This is all you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wes is a nice Wes is a nice guy, but that the, the dynamic there, I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's in Chicago somewhere still. Mm-hmm. He kept in touch a little bit, but he's the person that introduced me to the idea that you have to drink a coke in the morning. You do? Like the, he uh, I remember he picked me up from the airport and it was, it was like it was like eight o'clock in the morning. It was like I have to get like a you know, it's a big thing, you go to McDonald's and you get a Giant Coke for breakfast, and, I was like, and then I've met other people along the way that had the same, what? the same mentality. Yeah, it's like a lot of people drink Cokes for breakfast, like for McDonald's, because they have the big straws and everything. It was like a whole thing. It was like there's a community of people that do that. And he was the first person. That also, that's eat. insane. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing, though, like during that time, the funniest thing, and I still tell the story. Like I remember we were staying in the hotel room, and some reason the alarm went off. I don't know. We were we were thinking about going to Tijuana. I'm I'm probably the only one who remembers this. You've had more time. Whatever <laughs> you forgot it, but like the alarm started going off. Like for some reason, like the the smoke alarm. alarm. And the, your reactions, you got up and started answering the phone. You're like, "Hello, hello, hello." <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was I, the got, I was like, ever. I thought I, like... I almost pissed my pants. I was laughing so hard. I was like, "No, it's, no, it's a smoke alarm, dude." Oh. But like, "Hello." That was Dude, greatest. that's funny. I don't remember that. I do. I, I don't. For some reason, I think it was you. Because <laughs> was, I was awoken from a deep sleep. Because I've never. It was because it was like out of a Lucy episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Hello. Oh, that man. was awesome. But, funny. Uh, yeah, I will never forget that. Actually, <laughs> that's, <one> of <laughs> that's funny, dude. You were very alarmed. That's for sure. Did but, you, Eric? Was did you help? With like static prevails like demos like passing around or was it kind of a every you were sending it to everybody Jim? I think that happened. Oh, the static prevails demos like or sending them out. Well, like, I got the one or, from you. But I played yeah. it. I mean, I, the only thing I did is I played it for everyone I knew because I well, I remember when you start sending me that stuff, I was like, this shit's really good. I was You're really good. I was so like, into that, but I played it for everyone I knew, but like I didn't really send it around. I don't think it was. I don't think it was because I was trying to get like exposure for it. No. I think I was just like, "Hey, dude, what do you think?" What do you or, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. I loved it when we sent it. I bet it was. I really liked that record a lot. To this day, like, I'll always like if I'm going to be around. I want you guys to play Claire. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorite. That song always got. I tried me. working that back into the set a little while. Ago. I love that song. Oh, it's such a good song. That was a classic. I've always loved the uh, Tom's Robot song too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun to play, man. It's hard to get Tom to to to, to sing that one, but I love playing that one. How come he just doesn't? I don't know. I mean, it's like he's like, nah. 
<laughs> yeah, we have, and plus we have so many songs now. It's kind of tough to pick and choose what we play or what we don't play. Do you uh, actually consider like what people want to hear now? Like, do you do that? Yeah, or? yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it, it's kind of like um, well, we don't make a set list just based on what we think people are going to want, but at the same time, it's like we'll take that in consideration when we're bored with playing what we're playing and we want to like, oh, let's, let's, let's put this back into the, into the set. Well, you're in a position where you're still making music, so it's different. Like, it's not like you're like, hey, we're coming back later and we should play the hits. Like, you, you're still putting out records, so like... Yeah. It's still, it's still an evolving kind of thing, so we'll, we'll switch it up a lot and yeah. sometimes we'll... Like, you can look at like iTunes, and see what are the popular tune, popular songs like that, and that's a last FM. Yeah, that's some. That's you know, if we're looking for what to play, then you can kind of tell that way. Yeah, what might be good. Like a lot of people were stoked on Twenty Three, obviously. Not yeah, last night. and then did disintegration EP and ever stuff like that. Right, Just those little things where someone can kind of out and be like, okay, <laughs> that was awesome. Did you guys do a full clarity tour? Or are you just doing we a did, shows? We did, like, we did like a week of shows in nine days. We didn't do more. We had like that seems like that recording would, made. That'd record. be a monster if you're just like, we're playing clarity for a tour. Like, that seems like, it really latches onto people, that record. Like, I, I hear more people talk about that record like than anything else. Really. That seemed to really, which is funny because you guys were in such a weird spot at that time. You know, like, did you feel like at that time, like during the capital, like, was that the time you felt like capital was kind of like not the spot for you? And maybe you just did what you wanted for that record? I never. Or was it just happening naturally? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't think about, I didn't think about like what we were doing in the context of like a professional. <laughs> a career or, or what is good for our band kind of situation. Which it was like here's what we, record. here's what we can do. Yeah. Here's what we want to do. Let's do this. And I mean, we were still like playing in basements. You know, I mean, Tim was booking us by that point. Uh, flower, flower booking, yeah. yeah. I mean, but at, maybe no, maybe he wasn't. No, I don't think actually. Either way, we were we were we were still playing. I mean, what I saw was probably not was, basements with Tim. No. He was pretty. He was pretty connected. Though. No, no. But I mean, it was like we were just doing the same thing, and things were slowly getting better. You know, like we'd play for slightly more people when we came back to a town, or we'd get asked to open for a slightly bigger band. You know, I mean, it was like um, you could see there was a there was a progress, there was a upward trajectory, however minimal. You know, it was encouraging. Oh, so yeah. it's not like the smallest amount is huge in band. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, that's what I saw. That's what I was like. You know, focused in on. It wasn't like where does this record stand in the scheme of hardcore right now, or or like yeah. how is this going to well, be? Not, I didn't mean it that way. I meant more of the label. Like, is, did you feel that Capital was kind of odd at that point? Like. You know, you were just like, let's just kind of... Did you feel it was an ending at that point, when you went to the studio? No, I thought it was weird, because when... The first time I sort of... I mean, we, we'd, we'd always been sort of... We'd always been um, pretty low on the totem pole there. 
and it wasn't, uh, you know, we, uh, we didn't have any, like, illusions about where we stood yeah. <laughs> on our whopping, like, 6,000 records sold compared to what Radiohead was moving or Beastie Boys were moving. It's just funny, because from my, where I was standing, it was huge, you know, like, everyone I knew loved that. You know, like, it's, you know, I would live in a little micro. No, I mean that's what we. No, we thought we we were, we were super appreciative of what we had, and we felt like we were we were doing what we wanted to do, and it was awesome. But I mean, we had no illusions about where where that where our scale differed from what the label scale was all about. I mean, Capitol Records. I mean, who else was on the label at that time? They were some crazy acts. Like, you do that, that type of work where it's like you got like a smaller band, and then you got like yeah, it's hard. Miles Davis. Radiohead, right? Yeah, Radiohead yeah. was on, yeah. That's right, man, Radiohead was on it. Radiohead was, was, was being put out by them, DC Boys. All the Beastie Boys. That was when Matador was distributed by them. So they had, like... Oh, Matador did Cap? Yeah, Matador oh. did a thing with Capital or with Is that right, like, when Pavement, like, like the... Uh, Crooked Rain record came out? No, that was when I think Wowie Zowie or, or, or yeah, uh, Terror Twilight came out yeah. and like Chibomato. I remember Chibomato. That whole era of, yeah. of Matador, Pizzicato 5 and... and uh, I never heard Pizzicato 5. I've heard that name a thousand times. I've never heard that band. It's like... Um, John Spencer was probably big at that time too, right? John Spencer. When that Orange record came out. Yeah, I think that was... That That's was kind of a cool record. Yeah, his stuff's awesome. I think they're playing again. They are, yeah. They just yeah. put out a record, I think. I like that orange record. I'm sorry, I just killed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> orange. I just brought this to a screeching halt, John. <laughs> yeah, good times. Orange, yes. Steven Tyler's favorite record of the year. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, where you were at Capitol. Because I've always wondered, like... Oh, the clarity thing, yeah. like, where... But then you got dropped up, and then, like... I'm sorry. I'm, but, like, is no, that always... That's why... You then the DreamWorks thing happened. That was, um... I've always heard a rumor that you got a, a bid going on you guys. Is that true? That, like, you kind of got a, like... Like it, it might not have been a true bid, but like people were like you got labels starting to oh, yeah. fight over you. How did you? How did that work? Because I've always heard that theory that like you guys got a, like somehow you, I don't know if it was a trick or if it was really happening, but like people started bidding over you for some reason. Like that maybe like there might have been a deception in that thing of like uh, oh no this label wants us for this much and like did you have oh the, no no it doesn't no. Work, it doesn't work like that no. I no. thought maybe you guys somehow like. Uh... Well, I mean, we we we, we um, okay. So we made Bleed American. You paid for that yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and when we were um, working in the studio, we had we had like, um, you know, some people come by and they're like, "Oh, this is really, you know, hey, this is cool," and uh, then more and more people started kind of coming by and hearing about it. And then pretty soon we had like the president of MCA was dropping in wow. to check it out. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it was like uh, where were right. you recording at? Was it in LA? The LA? Yeah, guy, yeah, it was. It was at a studio called. Uh, it was at a guy named Doug Messenger Studio. And 
it was, um, you know, we just had, we, we realized, okay, this is a little bit above where, where we've kind of been hovering, so we need to get a manager, because we, 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 we had parted ways with our manager right when we got out of the deal of capital, so we were kind of floating around just doing our thing. And then you got one of the biggest managers there is. Yeah. Like at the time. Uh, like the, what's his name again? Uh, John Silva. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's like, he was, was he like Nirvana's manager? And like, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of huge. <laughs> that kind of helps. Yeah. Like John, John Silva working with that, yeah. guy can, that, that guy can talk to people. He's got a Rolodex. Going. He's got a Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know what, that was really interesting too, because at the time, when we, um, when we uh, were looking for managers, um, Gary Gersh and Silva were together in the management company, okay. and Gary Gersh was the president of Capital Records when yeah. we were on Capital. So it was a strange. That's weird. It was a strange meeting because uh, on one hand, you know, you're both there. On one hand, we had just you know been through Capital. I mean, I. I had heard later after the fact that Gersh had told um, Aronson that he didn't think he should sign us because we weren't ready yet, which is a great way to, to, wow. to get yeah. into the to the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, and it made sense, too, when you think about it, that we shouldn't have, we had no business being on, a, on that well, kind of a label. From it a, did make sense. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, not until way after the fact. It, make, it makes sense now. At the time, it certainly didn't. So, you know, but he ended up doing all right, you know, for us. I, I, I don't have any resentment toward him at all because he ended up, uh, what happened was they ended up kind of just taking their, you know, doing like what managers do. Like they went around to labels they, they thought might be good partners, showed them the stuff, and, you know, there was about five of them that were interested so it kind of went back and forth and met with people, just kind of felt out what the landscape was, you know, what were, you know, just what, <laughs> what our yeah. options were. We had options for the first time. And DreamWorks ended up being the best place. Do you think the video had a lot to do with it? Like, with the underwear that was, video? You know, I don't that know. seemed like, that seemed to be the first time I was like, oh shit, these guys are... I remember seeing the video in VH1, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, like yeah. what's happening here? This is gonna work. This, I think, this is gonna work out. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because the song. I mean, it was sort of like probably a good. No, the song is all, great. But you can have a great song, but you have a good video too. Like, it seems to like it's like a and, double. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, coming from good. all. Like, it was getting. Yeah. It was getting good radio play. The video ended up being something that got airplay. Video still mattered and were played. <laughs> that was probably one of the last years that videos were played. Yeah, and it was, it was huge. As a VH1, like the morning, like yeah, you were big. If you got on, if you had a video on, on VH1, you'd cross like over. You made yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you were on. You were on popular culture's radar for sure. To this day, man, I cannot. Does it ever? Because every time I go to a fucking bar, that song comes on. You're like, <laughs> does it? Did you ever? Are you ever like, Jesus Christ? <laughs> like no. Because there's always this bar I used to go it's to. Funny. And side, it was like it would come on five times a night. Really? Yeah. It was like Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. You know, and it would always be. Uh, <laughs> I play the instrumental yeah. version at the DJ night, yeah. and people take thirty seconds and like, what's happening, and then everyone starts singing. Oh, funny! Because uh, they know the song. Yeah. But yeah. it's like for thirty seconds, like wait, oh, the lyrics. Oh, okay, we'll just sing it. You guys definitely had an anthem on that one. That one really. <laughs> that one definitely fucking like caught people's attention. Yeah, it ended up working. <laughs> I mean, I thought like, that was sort of like the recharge the jets almost. Like it gave. Oh yeah. I was much more of a fan of when I saw the sweetness video. I was like, "That's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard." That was like that one. Like, I, I actually the first time I heard that song was when I saw the video. I was like, "God damn, that's a fucking good song." I couldn't get it out of my head. That's one of my favorites. You do live when you do it live too. When you get from the, yeah. the crowd thing, oh, yeah. that always works. It, it's it gets almost as big a reaction as playing middle still, which is bizarre. That was a cool video. Who did that video, by the way? That was a fucking cool video. Tim Hope. It was so like odd and like abstract and like it was like a very cool concept. Yeah, he had a really interesting way. It's like what he did was like, pretty much all in post production. Like he, he, but he would, but he would get like he would build the the kind of imagery from like he would actually go and shoot things and then kind of like digitally make it. Were you really in that van looking out the window? <laughs> like, we were in a. There was a picture of you looking out that van window. We were in. There's a lot of green screen stuff. We were in like yeah. some of the interior stuff was was around. It was kind of like. A movie, like shooting a crazy like Peter Jackson movie with like, green screens and <laughs> like dollies and cameras swifting around. Imagine there's a monster next to you. Exactly. React to it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and give me pensive. <laughs> and also too, I, I thought too like the resurgence now, like of the word. It's sort of taken its course through the the muck a little bit, and then sort of has now a a positive turn to it. There's bands that reference it. Um, I mean, is it does that seem weird that it's kind of come full circle where now people are searching out the older stuff, not necessarily, you know, if it's mid two thousands, if it's Fall Out Boy or those kind of. I don't things. know, man. I think it's just it, it might be because it's easier to find. I mean, with your with your phone, you pretty much have access to the Library of Congress. That's true. I just had where you are. China's mainframe. Yeah. I got the new you iPhone know. thing. You can change. Your, I got iOS seven. I can do anything I you want. You can change your grades or launch nukes. <laughs> it's, it's great. Yeah, it's true. Would you like to play a game? So you just, <laughs> <it's> just <laughs> would you like to play a game? So it's just access. It's just then it's easier for them to look back and it's not looking through a CD booklet and seeing the names and then searching or going to that show. I don't know. I don't think I'd be. I'd make, yeah, I think so because I don't. I don't see it as a. I don't see it happening as a phenomenon. I don't see it happening as a trend. It just might be. I think people are people growing up now and people getting into music are are definitely more. They're more conditioned for um, seeking out a niche. And there's so much material across the board of of, of everything. You know. Um, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot because there's so much I can't pay attention to it all. I actually just recently started getting into these weird K-pop bands, like you know, like these girl bands that are horrible, but they they're actually pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, but there's so much shit out there. Like even if you go to other countries, there's like a, a shitload of these. Like I mean, Korea alone has like six hundred bands. Like yeah, you know, like yeah, of like these, and they're all like they're not that bad. Like it, it, I think it's better than some of the stuff on the radio now. But you know, Psy is not even the best one now. 
I just noticed, you know, like the people really gravitating to the Midwest scene. If it's Cat and Jazz or American Football, like these, you can hear it in these, and they reference it, and they're, they're super young. Yeah. So it's just the, it's just interesting that it's sort of, it went away from the gloss, the hair, the makeup, and it went back to. Oh, thank God, I don't music. even know what that was. What was that when, like, you remember, like, when emo went to that weird phase? Like, that's when it was very. I think that's when you started your thing because no, it, was, I got like, it was like such an. See, the first, number one, I never understood the term in the first place. I never, like, every time I was called emo, I found kind of upsetting. Not upsetting, but it's like I don't understand it, because I always thought, like, Rights of Spring was emo. And I'm like, we're not, like, Rights, Rights of Spring, you know, or, like, Moss Icon, one of those bands. But then it turned into these kids, like, cutting themselves and, like, with angular haircuts. And, like, you know, like, I don't know what that, I have no idea what that scene was. But like, what was that? Yeah, it's kind and of. And you had you had to ride through that. Did you see that shit like ever? Did you ever like show up to shows and there was some kid like cutting himself like, <laughs> like with some angular haircut and like piercings and shit? Did you see some of that stuff? How do I even begin? How did you respond to that? No, but you you had because you actually went through that period. I I got out before. I saw I saw like the I saw the lifestyle aspect of trying to. Um, trying to trying to be something that, that I, I don't know, man. I don't know how. The, I don't know exactly how the, the. I guess you could call it more like the glam kind of like yeah, the hair metal phase. It was yeah. like it was almost like you. It's like yeah. taking emo and putting like mixing in little Motley Crue and like, like they almost look yeah. like members of Motley Crue. Those kids, you know, like except with more piercings. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about or where it came from or why, but, but I certainly really don't think it. I certainly don't think that we had any similar or you had any similarities or or I mean, can't just I don't see how we fit in all that. <laughs> see, that's the thing. That's why the the labeling is so. What I always think of is yeah. I mean, like I don't necessarily think rights of spring. I think about like what I was seeing like. In um, well, I guess it was, it was it was almost synonymous with hardcore itself. You know, thinking more of the Heart Attack bands. Or? Yeah, like or the Gravity bands or um, Struggle. But that, a lot struggle. of that was like kind of had like a straight edge edge to it. Like, too. I mean, yeah, like there Screamo was before aspect. that were like really was screaming on top of the lungs, falling over the place. Yeah, but Julia, Frail, Julia, they were good. They were good, yeah. but, they, but that was kind of like. If I had to classify, if I had to, if I had to say whatever emo, like, if it did mean something, it was kind of more to that. But I mean, those dudes weren't like, I mean, they were wearing cut off jeans and, I mean, it wasn't like about, there was very low level of fashion. Yeah, that work, like, work shirts were like the height of fashion for 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 everybody back then. Okay, anti Do you remember Ordination of Aaron? I, I do. I like them a lot. And no, uh, I do, like. Oh yeah, I mean like okay, so like ordination of Aaron, Mohinder, Shot Maker, Shot Maker, uh, Policy Three, Still Life, Still Life Policy Three. I just three. watched Policy there, Three video last. Really? Time. There's a video. Yeah, some there's this Japanese. Oh, them playing. Yeah, this Japanese Twitter feed called Blast <laughs> from the Past, and they post all these old school videos, and they posted Policy Three last night. That picture on the middle of, of Static Prevails of us playing at the warehouse in the, Rap, uh, the Rapaho warehouse, Still Life was on that show. Oh, really? Yeah. They were good. They were good dudes. I really liked those guys. They were really good friends with Chrissy Piper. 
Yeah. And that's why we'd always like. But they, yeah, yeah, I remember I like that bass player singer. He was such a nice guy. We used to oh, run totally. into him everywhere. I don't. I actually don't remember them musically so much. Like I remember they. I remember watching them and like they're really good, but like I don't. And I like them live more than recorded. I think. But yeah, I they could play. But uh, <laughs> now, but they were good. I mean, like, but yeah. they were such good dudes. We totally. played the weirdest fest once in Detroit, and I don't know if you guys are part of that. But it was like, Detroit fest. We did Detroit fest where it was like us, Cap and Jazz, Lifetime, Still Life. Uh, I think we were on the next day. I think we played with um, was Broken Hearts or Blue on your day? No, they weren't a band yet. We were actually that was probably the year before then. Yeah, we had some. Uh, that was the craziest. I remember like getting paid like because they got all this money and I remember seeing this room where all, they had all the bands like it was like a big meeting of like how they're going distribu- to distribute the money to everyone. They're like, well, Chrissy French and I came from the longest. Like, they had the longest drive here, so we're going to pay them four hundred dollars, which you know now sounds so stupid, but everyone was like. Four hundred dollars! Holy shit! You know, like you know, I remember, like everyone was like, I remember uh, Davey when he was that was when he was in Capitan. I was like, you're gonna give them four hundred dollars? He was like, that's too much money. But like, back then, even like if someone handed you four hundred dollars, like holy shit! That would pay dollars. For the, that would pay for the whole tour. I know, like that, that's Taco Bell and your gas. <laughs> you know? Shit, raiding good tonight, guys. All yeah. Garden. We're not going to Taco Bell. We're going. We're gonna go to Subway. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> oh, it's on, guys. Subway. Jack Daniel's steak. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all vegetarian at the time. I was in the last. Oh yeah, that's right. We were all veggies. Jim, what was it like you know, having Christopher Drive, you know, play those shows with you recently? What was it what was that a few years ago? Show. The show, right? Yeah. Yeah, was it kind of cool just to oh, kind of? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys did play yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, that was great. Where did, did this just pop in your head? Like we gotta have. Those it guys just made sense. Around. Yeah, yeah. We had just done San Francisco for some like kind of weird things. I think we were just kind of playing at the time. Yeah, I think that was it. Was on our. It was definitely on our. I mean, it was definitely on our radar because you were doing like other, like one-off sort of things, and it just worked out that, that your schedules could. Could make it happen. It was really fun. I had a good time. The Promise Ring tried to get us to play too, but we couldn't do it. We were gonna do something in because uh, it really like for us we're such a hassle. We're like, can you? Uh, we need you to fly us all out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you're, well, sure. monetarily we're a nightmare. <laughs> there's a, there's a realistic. I mean, you guys are all you have commitments. You know, you have, yeah. like you know, it's it's a it's just a it's a cold hard fact that you can't make it happen. You know, unless you reach a certain amount of compensation for your time, at least like break even. That's all. That's all we want. Yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, even that's like not. I mean, you're, you're coming from all over the country, and well, that's why I told Dan from the Promiser, and he was emailing me. He's like, "You want to play a show?" I was like, "You really like? We would need like like to get flown out." And I was like, "We're a nightmare. Like, stay away from us. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was like, we can't. Like, unless you want to." Because I don't know how much the promise ring. I'm sure they were doing well on their reunion tour, but like, I'm sure they didn't want to give that much money to us. You know, like it's a way too much for an opening band. They can get it like a local band. We're very pricey as an opening band. We're the priciest opening band in this country. Jim, is it crazy? Like you, when you said 20 years on the on the WNYC thing, I just I didn't even think about it. I was like, holy yeah, '94 like, was our first gig. That's you know to have that much time and have. 
it sort of cycle through and it sounds crazy when you say it out loud for sure it is nuts I mean it doesn't seem like you know I live in it every day so it's not it's only crazy when you when you bring up the when you look back on it like that but it just seems like that's what I'm doing today yeah aging isn't a choice no unfortunately you know acting like a crotchety old bastard is a choice but aging isn't (laughs) but to be able to have that continue and you know still do it but then I just think with the site and it just seems people are noticing that whatever 94 to 2001 time that's like a really special time or even a little bit before that um, and for it to kind of recycle and continue and for you guys to get through it and so many of these bands are doing reunions and that was it but you continued through yeah, it yeah you guys were the only ones to stay together the whole time it used to be us and Piebald yeah and Does Pie- did Piebald stay together the whole time most of it wow they might be getting back together for like shows here and there but I'd, I'd heard that they, they had like broken up or disbanded Piebald just keeping they it real. They seem like kind of a party band. Like when I first met them, they kind of freaked me out because I was hearing these like stories. They weren't. About, like, they weren't any more party than any of us were, dude. Really? Because I always got this feeling. Because I always no. someone was someone was like totally like lying to me then. Because someone like told me that like they were passing some girl around the band and all this like no stories like that. No, when we showed up and someone so someone was screwing with me. Oh man! <laughs> and sure. I totally believed all of it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure totally. Travis would love to have that rep, but I doubt it. Uh, that's really funny because it. yeah, we uh, it was at the uh, what's that uh, the Middle East or the Middle, Middle East Middle East. I remember we played with them and like there was like some girl like yeah you know, they someone told me like yeah they passed her all around and I was, I was like what no way me? no way well I Jim don't worry I told you someone this. was screwing with me and I believed it like, Eric we're gonna edit that out no <laughs> was it was it Rama that was telling you that maybe yeah I think it was actually now you say that yeah of course Rama would tell you that. See, I'm so fucking gullible. <laughs> I always believe. I was like, really? That's, that's the guy fun. you should talk to, Rama Mayo, the guy who re- who started yeah. Big Wheel Recreation. Have you talked to him? I haven't seen him in a long time. I think he's in L.A. Yeah. He's in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Definitely recognize the name from, you know, I mean, buying Big Wheel stuff and the key. Yeah. He used to always stay in my apartment all the time when I, was, when I first moved to New York. He was the mayor of Boston. Yeah. He was like our dude then. Would have her back there. Well, see, I was. Uh, is that a uh, that one time Steve Revit and I we actually like mixed one of your songs? Yeah. Is that ever gonna see? Is that gonna be out on one of the uh, <laughs> extra tracks? We actually this kid and I, Steve, that uh, we both know. Like we. Uh, oh yeah, the, 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 he used to the, the like work at this mix. amazing studio on 12th Street called RPM, where like the Stones recorded and like the Beastie Boys did uh, the one where they're in the sardine can there. Um, and we and we sometimes we would just be. We'd sit there all night and just like fuck around and like he had just recorded you guys. And where where'd you put that song out on? That was on that the was big on the split, reel. that was on the split seven inch with Jay June. Yeah, the Jay June split. And so with like, we actually remixed it into like kind of a dance song. It's funny. Because we had all this time like he's like, I got this Jimmy World thing. I was like, let's fuck with it. <laughs> I actually tur- I think it turned out kinda cool though. <laughs> I was kinda I remember we just got really stoned and like remixed yeah. it. There's always, like, there always like filters on the drums, like dub. It was like a dub version. Yeah, and your, your voice was like echoing the whole thing. Yeah, it actually yeah. turned out really cool. <laughs> I love. I actually love that remix. It was really. I remember we got done. We're like, I was like, I'm going to bed. But like, I was like, that turned out pretty cool. We had to send it to him. I thought we we thought you guys were gonna love it, but 
figures. Like, yeah, oh, thanks, uh, thanks I, a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we had any any place we could put it. or could use it at the time. Yeah, it's a. It should be a B side of a seven inch. I'll put my team on it. <laughs> I expect I expect this yeah. to happen by next year. It's really awesome. So there's a missing dance remix somewhere. Yeah. What was, the name, what was the name of that song? Oh, it was called "What I'd Say to You Now." I think. Yeah. It was the A side. That was a good song too. We always fun. It's like playing that. Do you guys ever do that one anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that song. I still I can't get over when you said the twenty years. <laughs> I know yeah. it's like seems, but like I was talking to a college class and I was saying all these references and I like looked at their faces and they had no idea what I was talking about and I was like, wow, I think that's yesterday. And it's totally not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, you know, maybe uh, maybe people are going back and maybe I think like what we talked about earlier about the the that window of time being like right before the internet became before blogs replaced zines. Yeah. And, and like, blogs. you know, um, and MySpace replaced uh, Instagram. Yeah. You know, like, or like, like, so, like, the beginnings of social media started, like, you know, here's what you can do with your band, you know, with your music. You can, you can be your own worldwide distributor and so can everyone else with a band. Um, it seems like that time, but that time, yeah, that was that was like the last time before before that took off as like the way that people do things, and I, I think um, we nostalgize about it because it it was what we were doing when we were younger. But I think like maybe outsiders will uh, romanticize about it because um, you know it was like a. It was different, you know. There was something truer about it, like it more like there was something more heartfelt about it too. To me, you know, now instead of just kind of like the, all these people come up and just throw their shit out at everyone, and like it's not like I felt oh, like man. everyone at that time. I felt like you had to really fucking work. Like if you wanted to like play music, you really had to put a lot of time. Like and like if you wanted to get your shit. You'd have to get a fucking shitty ass man. I mean, yeah, people still do squal- that. Live in squalor yeah. for for like an unknown amount of time. We used to have give each other five dollar per diems, you know, at one point a day. You know, like it's like you can spend five dollars, Eric, today. That's why you go to Taco Bell all the time. It's the only place you could eat. But well, now it's like, yeah, one record and there's a bus and a <laughs> that was the first tour. And, or, oh, yeah, some people not even a record yet, and they're and they're yeah. doing SNL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or like going on SNL yeah. and like singing horribly too. Yeah. Like, like what, was, what was that girl's name? But the one who just wrote oh, this song about Lady Gaga. Oh, everyone knows that name. You don't have to sing it. I don't actually know. I can't think of it. Right? Oh, that's well, you do. Yeah. Have you ever played with it? No. I doubt we will. Did you do something to Taylor Swift like recently? Did I see that or did I dream that? Did you like actually like? I she was in town on two tours ago for her. When she was when she was in town, and she asked me to come play with her. That's awesome. We did a we did a cover in the middle. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Is she is she cuter, like in person? I met her at Soundcheck, and you know she's just a kid, man. Yeah, she is. She's really. She's just a kid. Like for ser- seriously, I mean, she she dresses up. Um, she cleans up real nice, but really, she's she's just a kid, <laughs> you know. No, seriously, yeah. I mean, you know. I love. I I think actually I, I like some of the stuff. Like I, 
He's one of those people like I shouldn't like, but like, but the it's not that I shouldn't like. It's more of my own like punk. But like, her songs are really fucking catchy. Like, I mean, I don't like. I hear like the that song, the you know, the breakup song, whatever. Like, it's first time I heard that, I was like, well, that doesn't suck. Like, that's actually a pretty good song. And I actually would like find myself like was in a car, like turning it up a little bit. Like, yeah, no, I'm not turning this up. <laughs> no, it's. Why haven't, you, why haven't you turned the station? <laughs> we ended up actually covering We're Never Ever Getting Back Together. Oh, you did? That's yeah. right. That's right. I just heard that. How I, I haven't heard that yet. I can't wait to hear that, actually. It's really fun to play because, like, you just... Well, now That's people, the now I was people, talking about, yeah. actually. I could think now, of people, now people know that we... Because we, we did it for, like, iTunes EP, yeah. and now people know that we play it. But for, for a minute there, it was super funny because we started playing it and it totally doesn't sound like. I mean, our whole gag with it is like we just really we slowed it down and really accented the dynamics of it, you know, like and made it made it heavy. And the parts that are supposed to be big, we made it really heavy. Yeah. And um, it's funny because you see, I'll be watching people and we start the song, and at first, it, like they don't know exactly what. I won't tell them what it is, yeah. and they'll be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I know this one. And this then, is like, on they, clarity, you'll right? See, you'll see like they they'll be like. Fuck I know the song. <laughs> and then the chorus comes in, they're like, oh! They start hitting their friends. They're like, yeah! <laughs> there's, like, like, there's always like fists that come up halfway through the first chorus, and then it's... It, is a, room, it is a room full of people that would never admit to knowing the song, singing along by the end of it. The one part that sells that song to me, like, is that uh, right after the chorus, the, your friend's stopped, your friend's stopped. That's one of the greatest, like, little lines and, like, parts from a... Like, I don't know what you would call that, like, in a chorus. It's, like, almost like a... What would you call it? It's, like, it's a chorus, and then it's, like, a side chorus thing, you know? I'd just still consider it part of the chorus, really. But that's a great... Like, that's such a great, like, little melody, like, that breaks up the, the you know, the parts. And that that's the part that always gets me. When I heard that, I was like, that's really fucking awesome. That's a really cool part. But uh, it's kind of fun to sing, too, because I find myself singing that, too. It's the old A-A-B-A... Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Like, so many songs have that. It's a great part. It works every time. It works every time. Then. No, it is. It is like that's kind of what drew us to it. Is the chorus of that? Like, you know, things are successful pop songs for a reason. Yeah. Because they're catchy. You know. It's usually the same chords. Really, it's. Just, it's well, you can be, make them sound like your own. That's your your gold, you know? Because it's really like, there's nothing that hasn't been done, really. Yeah, none of us are re- reinventing things. <laughs> no. It's just a new take, I guess. Does it feel, still feel like this is, you know, we've got another, you know, eight records in us. We've got like another, you know, this is a good system. Like there seems to be like, any city you go, people show up yeah I don't know I mean I don't know what what will signify the that we should stop why would you if you're enjoying it you should never stop that's the thing it's kind of like you know I don't waste a whole lot of time uh, you know stressing out or dreading the future you know the outcomes that can't be controlled yeah it's it's like I you know we're doing this now it's fun to do now 
you know, why would I, why would I stop doing this today? You and guys are lucky of, enough to be able to not stop because like, if you look at someone like Katy Perry or like these other pop stars, they kind of do have an expiration date, really. Like I don't think any of those people are really going to last yeah. too long because you, you well, don't it, have, you don't, I don't think you guys have that problem. Well, we, it's, you know? it's a little bit different. Yeah. Then, because we don't. We don't we don't chase that working in that world really. I mean, we work in it whenever it comes to us, which is rare. But you know, those people are they live and die by like the success of their latest single. Yeah. Yeah, because so, it's so it's almost too big. You know, so like if you can't reach it, like you reach such a height like that, like if you come down at all, you're they get rid of you. Like some of these days, you're like, eh, you're not. Uh, he only sold like so many millions. Like first one was like twenty million. You know, like it, it's more noticeable. Like you guys have like stayed on this wave of like we're we here, we have a work. crowd, and we're gonna like you know like we make music that people like. And, well, yeah, you got to get out and yeah. do the work, man. And then, yeah. I mean, you get your break. If you get a break, you get a break. But you 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 can't chase that. I mean, you can't like. Well, you can, but I guarantee it's not gonna work. <laughs> it's not going to be. I mean, my. I don't know. It's just. It's. A, it's a bad way to operate, for sure. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to bring up crazy stories. Remember when we toilet papered that one thing? And then <laughs> we did. You know, I actually. Before I did this, I. I, uh, I was actually talking about. Do you remember when we got kicked out of that town in Wyoming? I do. <laughs> we got actually escort, escorted out of the town. I probably told. I've already told it on yours, but like. We uh we went down to the river and we were smoking doobies as the uh, as the uh, cop said. We were going to or South you, Dakota. I don't know if you were. I don't know if you were smoking. We were no, Tom to, and I were. We were going to South Dakota. <laughs> we were going to South Dakota up through Wyoming from Denver, and we were camping because we were just pitch black. We were just picture. We were just trying to find a, uh, some sort of point that we could stop. And I, I don't remember. Full of weed. I don't remember even being like loud. And there was like a dude. There was like a, a campsite <laughs> neighbor guy. I didn't know he was there. Away. It was too dark. Yeah, and he was like, like "What's that guy doing?" And he kept driving his car down, flashing his lights at us. Yeah. And then I guess he just took off and called the cops or something. He went down to the station. I think he drove to the station because we were there a long time. And he said like these kids are raising hell and they're you know, smoking weed. And, yeah, because they like, heard us. Because I was like, "Hey, who wants a joint?" I was probably the one like. Because that's when I used to smoke more. Oh, that like, was you? Oh, I had. I was the one with the bag. I know that. Because <laughs> I remember, like, when he the, cop, he the cop came by, he was flashing the light in their van, and I had just thrown the bag underneath the seat. And uh, I was like, oh, that shit's out in the open. I'm fucked. You know, like, we, were luckily, as- we were asleep in our van. Everyone was no, asleep. And by the time had- the cops came, we were asleep. Because oh. it was so much time passed from when the guy went to the cops. Yeah. So the cop shows up, and he's just pissed off that there isn't anything going on. Yeah. He finds us. He finds us, and uh, he doesn't want an altercation. It wasn't one cop. It was like guy. three. Yeah. there was like three um, jeeps. Yeah. Of, so like, they uh, they they decided that they would escort us out of town. Do you remember the funniest thing about? We didn't that? get our five dollars back from parking. No, I we didn't pay. Did we pay? Yeah, we paid. I don't remember paying. <laughs> You know what the funniest thing about that, and I don't know if you remember this, but like they, at one point, you guys had some trash. They were trying to find something wrong, so you guys had like some kind of bag outside your van, and so well, they actually wrote you a ticket for like littering. It and Rick crumpled it up and threw it on the ground after the cop gave it to him. Did you see him do that? 
I didn't see that. I didn't know he had that. And I, that that's when I, I actually got frightened because I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not going to go That's a well. great idea, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, oh, I remember he he was pissed he got woken up. And uh, I swear to God, he, like, the cop was like, we well, guys have trash years of thinking. Well, he, I didn't he, know that. He crumpled it up and threw it on the ground. <laughs> and the cop didn't notice. But I was like, oh, shit. This is not that's, good. Like, this is not going to end idea, well. Rick. He has that side to him. Man, I remember like when we would drive through, and this probably happened to you guys a lot too, but you know, trying to get to gigs around there or getting through that country, it's like you'd, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be in the highway and you'd run into that, 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 you know, you're doing 55 and then 45 and 35 and 25 and then through this town and then it would slowly escalate back up. On the other side of town, there'd always be a cop in the town. Oh, yeah waiting for and follow you. That was always big in New Mexico. New Mexico was like a classic place for that. Yeah, they, and so you do six miles over the speed limit and then pull you over. You throw to sweat, bring the dogs out. Sweat you down to see if you had any doobies. <laughs> they used to always always say, we're going to bring the dog out. Yeah, no, I'll buy a search that van soon. I'm not going to find anything. You know? <laughs> and then they write me a tip, they give me a warning for like the air freshener that I had hanging up by the rear view mirror because it was an obstruction because they had to like come up with some other, some bullshit reason that they were stopping us. You got a tail. No, well, I'm you not going to ticket this time. Yeah, yeah that was always uh... Oh, looky what I just found here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. It's not mine. You're going to have to come downtown. I'll take care of it. But yeah. That was New Mexico was a classic place for that. We, uh, um, you heard about that? You remember that the boys' life used to be fucking nuts, where they actually used to like steal gas at one point, and like they were like they would go into grocery stores and like walk out with food down their pants and stuff. But they, uh, there was a story where Paul Drake was following them, and they were going. They were in Nebraska, and uh, they had like gassed up and I guess gas and go. They used to do that all the time. That's but like, insane. So Paul was driving by them. There was actually a cop that had um, Brandon on the ground with his gun out. Oh, no <laughs> way. Oh, I remember Paul saying that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Joe Winkle got busted in Denver because he uh, stole hair dye from uh, the King Supers by our house. Oh, God. Good. But he, because uh, he dyed his hair some crazy color. He actually got out of it because he joked about it because they're like, why the hell are you stealing hair dye? He's like, look at my hair. (laughs) 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 I look like an idiot. But yeah, they used to, they were constantly like the lasagna down the pants. They were like Lasagna down the pants. Because that was the way they would survive. I actually almost, they they were in the most shoddy, I almost died with them because their fucking van set on fire while I was sleeping in it. Like, they would have the worst vans ever that, like, were, like, you'd pull over the side of the road and the fucking engine would set on fire. I remember you telling me that. I just remember seeing the pictures. pictures. Yeah, Yeah. I've never seen the picture of the van just torched. Scary stuff, dude. The side door did not open. So, like, they had a van that the side door didn't open. You know, you're like... The engine's on fire. But at that point, it was at the front two seats. So we had to jump out of the fire to get out of the van. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like we had to jump through the fire you can laugh about it now I had burned from the front to the back and like I had a, like I had just been visiting New York for like a month and I had like a, this huge bag of clothing gone yeah we were like it was just like I could see shards of it and like god <sighs> damn it and I had a, and I had a ride in the back of a U-Haul truck back because that was in St. Louis I rode from St. Louis to Kansas City in the back of a U-Haul man in pure darkness <laughs> <laughs> insane ridiculous. I didn't have shoes my shoes burned 
<laughs> I was like, we just walked around in socks. It's horrible. <laughs> what year? That was uh, that was the, the year they went on tour with Knapsack. They picked me up from New York because I came. And I was here visiting, and they picked me up, and I drove home with them in Knapsack. They kind of went back and forth from those two vans. You just hitched a ride. Yeah, I was like, take me home. Because I couldn't afford it. I can I really couldn't afford airfare back. Really. Wow, that's funny. They did it though. Knapsack. That was a good band. Yeah. Do you ever guys ever play the Jealous Sound at all? Or like, do you ever like, do you yeah. see Blair at all? I haven't seen Blair in a while. Yeah. Have you guys uh, done the uh, Mark Trevino donut place yet in LA? No, it's not open yet. It's not, I thought it was for some reason that was open. Crispy front drive. I gotta find a way to DJ <laughs> the, the opening. You should just drop him the lines. You would love to do it. I was actually surprised. I didn't. I didn't. Never felt like we were on his radar at all. I was surprised we got a donut in the show. You know when you search Mark Trevino on Google, you know it's like things come up. You know that what people have already done, and it used to be. You know if it was producer. Now the second thing is donut. Well, yeah, I always, he's got this. I mean, crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. It's Do like, you ever make donuts? For, he actually doesn't seem like the guy who'd have donuts because he seemed so in shape and like you know, he was just eating a piece of fruit. Every time I saw him, like he was like he seemed like a health nut. Was he a health nut? I Why never he thought he was unhealthy. Yeah, but he always seemed like that kind of skinny dude eating fruit to me. Like, very in shape. That whole time, because the only time I really yeah. hung out with him when I was with you guys, and he was just like, he was very, yeah, he didn't say a fucking word the whole time. I, yeah, he was, he was kind of like making a point to eat more fruit. <laughs> yeah. I guess. He always had a peach or something. Like, yeah. But. I just think that is funny to me that yeah. there's now a donut shop with those names. So now he, he's okay with talking about it. Or at least, you know, it's like gotten to a point where God, if there was a big jokes about it. Like, but the, oh yeah, the original the fucking drive like Jay would get together and tour. I don't know. Why does that not happen? I don't know, dude. That, like, his drumming and those drive like Jay records are just fucking phenomenal. Like, the first time I heard that, it's like, you gotta be fucking kidding. Like, the, oh, I know. You gotta be fucking kidding. It's insane. That was the it's band. So like, that was the one band back, like, I remember, like, that was the band where, like, holy shit. Unworthy. Man, like I actually felt that way about Bitcher's humor too for a while. Oh yeah, they were great. They were so fucking good, but they refused to get big. Like they they were on the track and they did, they refused. Was what I heard. They like uh, like self sabotage. Like Ma- they wanted like Maverick wanted them like um, Madonna's label. Right. And I think they self sabotaged themselves. But huh. I'm not sure because Archers of Love took them on tour and like that was a huge thing at the time. Oh was, yeah. We're like, holy shit, Archer's low. And then, then they they kind of broke that up and did that reports band, or not report, regrets, and uh, which was like much more less accessible. But God, that's that seven song. Was one of those was one of those guys in Vitreous Humor? Did they go with uh, that? Uh, who was in Crown Hate Ruin besides Fred from the from Hoover? I don't know. That, there was, was no. it, uh, what was the name of that other band? Well, was I've heard that name so long. Wasn't there another? Wasn't there a vicious humor like like offshoot one something that that was kind of? I don't know DC? about that. I'm just thinking of something crazy. There was a weird boys' life offshoot band with some of the like some of those people, where um, Joe and Brandon did some bands. Yeah, in DC. that's what you might be thinking of. And then the drummer from uh, Giant. Yeah, Chair. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Giant Chair was another fucking. Yeah, well, are you, think, are you talking about Farewell Bend, is it? Farewell Bend, that's what I was thinking. Is that what you're thinking of? 
I have that record. I just listened to that today. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I was with Dave, the guy that knew Ian, connected mm -hmm. you and I, and he was telling me about Fred Holbein. Yeah. I've seen John Raven a few times in the last few years. He actually flew out for the, we played a show in Brooklyn, Chris's friend driving a show, he came out for it with his girlfriend in school. I love those guys. The Boys Life guys are the best. They were the one band, like, I remember, they were the first band I saw live out of our genre, I guess, that I was just blown away Steve. by. But yeah, but like, they played the warehouse. I remember everyone was so, oh, yeah. like, holy shit. Like, they were so fucking good. Like, lot, like. I think I saw them at the warehouse once, actually. Oh, God, they were so good. They're back when they had that, they were like the first band that had that crazy dynamic. They were kind of soft, soft, soft. Bam! And they would come in and like, just like, almost like blow your hair back when they came in. You're like, holy shit, these guys are good. Where the fuck do these guys come from? Yeah, we hitched we hitched onto them instantly. We're like, whatever you guys are doing, we're with you. Like, yeah, I like what you're doing. We try to go on tour with them as much as possible. They had a really they had a they were really particular about like um, a lot of like kind of full band cadenced transitions in and out of like as a hook. Yeah. They had the whole band like these yeah. these things that like the whole band would kind of dig in on and like come come together. It was huge. Yeah. And live it was yeah. And then but plus they like John was such a like interesting drummer because he kind of played jazzy in a way. The drummer like, yeah. uh, I remember like I and I'll say I'll even put this on record, I think Ron really like, caught on to John's drumming because I think if you listen to some of the last Christian French Drive stuff there's definitely some John influenced <laughs> drum parts and that stuff because Ron was like totally hooked on huh. that you'd, you'd, you'd probably see that more than I would yeah. well I know so I watched you know because Ron was just learning to play the drums like when you saw us like he hadn't been playing for very long really and he kind of like I kind of watched him like progress you know through which not every you know we were all in that stage where like we were like that's the thing that was stupid about Christian French Drive. We were like people who were learning to learn our, learning to play our instruments as the band went on. It's like we didn't know it really how to play that well when we first started. So we had to like it was, it was long, like the Sex Pistols in a way. It was like, a long like, tradition of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. Yeah. And we went through some bad times. I mean, some of the times in the middle, like we were horrible. Like I hear live recordings from like you know some of the mid days, and we're like, God, we were so fucking horrible. Like, how did anyone tolerate us live? <laughs> Like, everything's off-key, like, we're out of time. <laughs> you know, like, my voice sounds horrible. I didn't know how to sing back then, either. I finally learned how to sing through the diaper. I still... I do remember we were supposed to be... You had invited us to come on tour on probably your last like like southwestern loop. I don't know if you knew it at the time. That would be your last like kind of southwestern. Yeah. It was like you guys and Mineral play yeah. Jabberjaw. Oh yeah, that was our last. And we we um yeah. we couldn't you guys go. couldn't play. You no, know, because Tom broke his hand punching uh, some dude out at a party. Why did he punch someone at the party? Because he was fucking with the bro. His I guess. Oh God, was he on shrooms? I actually spent an evening with Tom on Jim. Let me know if you did anything Tom wouldn't care. Tom's totally cool. Like, but uh, I remember one night, like being at his. Oh, house. that's right. When you were playing, at, we were playing at, at Stinkweeds. Oh, he was all. He was just like looking at his hand. Like, he was, was all like, kinds uh, of screwed up. Was Rick? 
Was Rick kind of... <laughs> the only thing I remember Rick was like showing no. up in Antarctica show drunk out of his mind with his girlfriend. But yeah, I think his wife now. But like, I remember they were fucked up. Like where I was like, I thought they were going to have trouble. But they showed up behind the place. It's like, I was like, drink? Hey, Rick, you been drinking? <laughs> no. Well, that's why. Does he still do his booze? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's trying to go legit. I think the only story that I can think of, like between you know, that was be interesting to us. The time we uh, we actually uh, took you down to New Jersey because we were playing with Jester Brazil, Antarctica. Oh yeah, we actually right. made you late for your show at uh, Coney Island. Huh? Coney Island High. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up showing like an hour late. That's, yeah, I know. That, that sucks. That was bad for us. We were like Antarctica was playing a show in New Jersey with Jester Brazil. And I was like, you guys get in the van, come with us. He's like, yeah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and next you know, like we're stuck in traffic, like this horrible accident or something happened. Yeah. And then, like, they were supposed to be on. What was the show at Coney Island High? No, it was at Melody Lounge in... in um... Oh, the the Antarctica show was at Melody Lounge. The Jimmy World show was at Coney Island. Wasn't it at Coney Island? It was Island at Brownies. High? Was it at Brownies? It was on the I thought like it was Coney Island High for some reason. I, I somehow think... pictured that big, long room that night. Well, Brownies was kind of a big, long room, too, but I think it was Brownies, and it was Burning Airlines. Oh, wow. And us... Uh, I, I swear to God, that was a Coney Island High. I'm positive of it. But, uh, yeah, they were supposed to be on. And they, were, they were stuck in a van with us. Yeah, it could have been Coney Island High. Pretty yeah. hard. That was kind of cool. Jay Robbins, I Yeah. And then we ended up fucking something up for you. It wasn't our fault. It was a wreck. Hey, man, traffic's a killer. You said, in fact, it was funny. I remember you actually—I saw you play the Bowery. You apologized at that show for it. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. We actually was, went to go see Antarctica, and we didn't make it. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was funny. Take things so serious. It's probably different for you guys, but like Vegas, like during the punk days, was kind of place to play. We only played there once. But it was like a. Uh, Record store. Like a record store yeah, or, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. It was like a, it was a stage was like uh, one of those that you had to be careful about how you moved on it because it was just plywood on top of milk crates <laughs> and it would slide around and shit and like so it's yeah. The only time I played in Vegas was Antarctica and like it was like billed as like X Christie French ride and like you know that didn't that didn't bode well a lot of shows. <laughs> like yeah, we'd show up and we're like Hey, look, it's new order. Right. That's a question. That's, that's a, yeah, I mean, how did you deal with that? Like, that's that's a question I would have. Is like the because I've just because I have been just doing this one main thing for all this time. I've got shit on a lot. For it. Yeah, you know, yeah. we had we had show that show in particular. I remember in Las Vegas, we started playing and the, literally everyone left because they, they were off. expecting something yeah. like some Chrissy from Drive Part Two. Yeah. There was only a few kids that would come up, and they were usually kids who were on drugs. <laughs> They'd be like, "That was awesome," because <laughs> we had all the crazy keyboard yeah, shit and yeah. stuff, and you know. But like, they would get it, but like, the, like the kids who were like in the kids' French would like just look at us like, "What the what? fuck are you doing?" Right. <laughs> I, 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 th- I, th- I always loved that band. I was having a good time, but like, obviously, no one was listening to New Wave in that. That was a problem with those kids. They didn't listen to much music. It's like. I think the re- the the fact that Chrissy Frenchy broke in with those fucking heart attack kids amazes me because we were even seen as outsiders when we first got into it. Yeah, like we were like heckled, like 
the first time I think we played Santa Barbara, like or even like those areas where we're playing like with bands like Downcast, people were like, "You suck," you know, like because we're just like punk. Because yeah, really, I mean, we were just like we were trying to sound like Buffalo Tom and shit, you know, like we weren't like right or like Jawbox or something, and like they weren't getting it. They're like, "What's this melody you're playing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are these? What are these things? What are these melodies. These I can actually remember this song. Yeah. <laughs> it's repeating parts in yeah. the song. What, what are these? <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Sure. Yeah, of course. That was fun. Fun. Washed Up Emo fans, thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years, or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and for this current episode you're about to hear. I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also reprinted volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com